Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Tyre Power. Think safety this February. Get the five-minute tyre safety check at your local Tyre Power. Mark Bickley. It's been a big week of SENSA Breakfast. This is the podcast where we speak to Nathan Cosmina from Adelaide United. Sam Edmund, our very own chief footy reporter, Captain's Call, and... You swore for the first time today. Uh, just a little one. It wasn't bad. No, it wasn't bad at all. Um, it's a big week of sport, isn't it? Super Bowl uh, week is always huge, and we sort of took that in. But uh, one of the things that always comes with the Super Bowl is the halftime entertainment. Yeah. And, and I'm very much aging. You know, you mentioned sort of Usher and who were some of the other sidekicks? Ludacris. Ludacris, and, Little John. Alicia Keys was there for a little yeah, I bit. I saw Alicia Keys. I've heard of her. But some of the, like, I think it's passed me by some of these. And, and, and these guys are sort of a few years sort of back. They're not sort of yeah. right now, are they? They're sort of, they've been around for a little bit. Tell me about them. Tell me about little John. What's he do? Yeah. That's what he says. That's it. Yeah. These are, these are urban performers that I always think like, does it suit the market they're playing? Mm. So that would have been, that worked out fine that they're playing in Las Vegas. But then I, on reflection, think it would have been great for you two to play there because you two have a residency now at the yeah. Sphere. Yeah. Um, but you also look back a couple of years ago when they were at SoFi in Los Angeles where Snoop and Dr. Dre and Eminem performed. Like, that's kind of vintage. Mm. My, they're becoming my vintage now where you're Bruce Springsteen and stuff. That's yeah. a bit, a bit too old. It used to be like, yeah... Like Coldplay, when they did it, they were like the super band. Yeah, but they were average because they played with Bruno Mars and Beyonce. It was weird. It was like a Mm. super group. Bruno Mars, when he was by himself, was great because then he introduced the Red Hot Chili Peppers. That was really good. Well, Tom Petty was great as well. That was a little while back now. But, like, people had forgotten how, you know, many hits he had. It was Mm. that sort of – sort of like playing your back catalogue. You got – play your six best songs. If you've got six great songs like – Tom Petty's got. Then yeah. You can smash them out. Paul McCartney, did he do it one year? Don't know. Um, the Dunkin' Donuts commercial that Ben Affleck and Matt Damon was in, they had this... Um, what did you say it like that? Because it's on Team America when they say Matt Damon like that. Um, they had this merchandise on that was on sale. The next day, all sold out. You can't buy any Dunkin' Donuts merchandise. Are you disappointed when you see that Usher is lip syncing. Like all of those performances are lip synced, right? So they've got a backing track. Are you mm. disappointed? Yeah. On New Year's Eve at Adelaide Oval, mm. Grinspoon performed 
Yeah. Massive crowd at Adelaide Oval that yeah. game. Mm-hmm. And Marcus Stoinis unleashed, made a half century and a couple of balls. Like it was incredible. So then Grinspoon performs standing on the East stand. And I was a keen observer of this because I had to introduce them and I watched. Yeah. And I saw Phil Jamison, the lead singer, pull away from the microphone, but you could still hear his voice. So I had to actually ask, are they lip syncing? They had a backing track because apparently the night before they played a free gig at um, one of the, the local bars in Adelaide called Crybaby. Yeah, yeah. And he lost his voice. Really? So they had to play with the backing track. Oh, that's and I think, like, I looked too closely to it, but I would be disappointed if I'm just listening to a backing track. Mm. Like, that's that's their go. That's their talent. It'd be like Marcus Stoinis going out there and he's already he's already played his innings and made his runs yeah. and having to go through the whole thing again yeah. to swing the bat knowing that it's going in a certain place. It would be hard to like to dance and sing at the same time. Like it's hard to talk and run at the same time. If you're doing all these dance moves and you're singing, it'd be very breathy. Well, well here's, a, here's a point. We're not there to watch you dance. We're, we're there to listen it's to It's a whole you. performance, mate. This no, is what I, you don't I, get. I get that. But I don't think you get it. Well, I think that the the great performers. Like who? Mick Jagger. He works it out. And Bruce, like in the end, if you're good enough. Bruce McAvaney. Bruce Springsteen. Oh, Bruce Jutte. Kiss the AFL grand final. They weren't lip syncing. I could tell by the sound of it. <laughs> <laughs> you could tell that. They were sweating. Yeah. <laughs> you go on there. That, that's part of it, being able to reproduce it. I get it. And, and I think most people have an expectation. When you sing live, it's not going to sound exactly the same as what it No, does. you don't want it to. No, exactly. But I figured just, out. Just have a crack. Have a crack in. I don't love NFL. And I figured out when I asked Dan Menzel, who's a massive NFL guy, the worst question that you could ask. And I never thought I'd do this. I was trying to understand Travis Kelsey and why he was so good. And I said, can you please translate Travis Kelsey's role to me so I understand mm-hmm. what he does? Because yeah, he, he, he receives the ball and scores touchdowns, but he's big enough to actually run through players yeah, as well. Mm-hmm. So I said to Dan, name an AFL player that I can then relate to, which is a silly comparison. I, I don't like when people do that, but I needed to get an yeah. understanding. And he said, Paddy Cripps. So it's just big bodied midfielder that can just bash and crash through players. Cause it sounds disrespectful to the sport. I just can't get into NFL, but, but it's a, I think it's an understanding thing. People have always mm. said you either love it um, or you don't understand well, you, it. And yeah. when you understand it, you love it. Yeah. You got to invest in it. You got to invest yeah. in understanding the rules. The, the thing I d- still don't get, and, and I'll tell you what is worth doing is watching, I think it's a Netflix series called Quarterback, yep. where you just immerse yourself with four quarterbacks at various sort of levels in their careers. And Patrick Mahomes was one, which was good because he's a pretty humble guy, which is good. You know, you get to know him and he's had, had success already and now we've seen him have some more success. But the, the, the plays, and you know, they yell out those numbers and names beforehand. You Three, know, 42. Three, Hurt. 26, Hurt. Yeah. And they put that, you know, like they're saying 34, Tango, you know, Fish, yeah. you know, and all that sort of stuff. Each one of those represents a move that yeah. the different people make. Um, and so you get this appreciation. They've, you know, they've got to learn all of these plays. The quarterback is so pivotal in this, but everyone has to know them and they're all on an iPad and, yeah. and, they, and they have to decide which ones they're going to do depending on what the opposition is doing to them. So it's really technical. Um, so you have an appreciation of that, but it, yeah, if you, if you don't know much about it, you're looking at it saying, what the heck is going on? Blokes 
you know, running different ways before he's sort of the, the snap and all those sort of things. It's, it's Have you easy. noticed that um, time just moves so fast now? If you were a current day player compared to when you won your two premierships, you had time at the end of 97 to really enjoy and soak in the fact that you were a premiership player. Mm. So Collingwood, for example, they have that, the moment at the end of September, but they're back training by November. Like, uh, and you uh, almost. No, nah, this year has been different. This year was the, the shortest preseason ever. Okay. So, so then a year prior then. Yeah. You're back straight away. And you don't have time to go where a premiership play. Because your mentality changes. You saw Patrick Mahomes at the end of the mm. Super Bowl goes, all right, we want to win another one. Yeah. Like, it's just that drive to keep on going. Yeah. Look, I, I think the AFL have been better at this. So any player who's been on a list for more than five years gets a guaranteed eight weeks off at the end of the season. See, that's almost as much as you get off from here. Mm, exactly. Yeah. I, I demand it. Because... I saw that meeting <laughs> as well. It was very intimidating. <laughs> um, no, seriously. Uh, and, and so... That's why um, those players understand that. Though. So when I say they have that, that's away from the club. Mm. But what I do know, so Taylor Walker, for example, who is very professional, they might have three weeks off where they just total down and do nothing and you might go on a holiday. But then after that, they are back into training, you know, they get back onto the sort of stricter diet and do all that sort of stuff. So the day one, the first day back at training, the expectation is – you know, 2K time trial, yeah. or the, you know, five one cars. And, and the expectation is you actually nail that and get somewhere close to your best time. So whilst you're away from the club, you are still training, I would say, five out of seven days to a very strict program. Mm. And with all the devices these days, you know, like Strava and your GPSs and all that. Sort you of love stuff, Strava. I, like, I didn't know anything about it until this week and you showed me. You should get on it. I should, but I won't. Um, okay. But this is, everything can be measured and... The guys generally get together in small groups. So whilst they're, you, you say they're on holiday, they're not on holiday. They're, they're still looking after themselves and making sure they're ready to, to train once day one comes around. It's been a good chat. We should have done it on air. Yeah, well, that's, but it's the podcast, that's eh? The, that's the beauty of the pod. Yeah, that's it. The pod. James Podsy Adley, AFL Max. Um, all right. Well, have a good one. Yep. Enjoy the weekend. It's Thursday. No, no, no. For the people that... You, I won't see you again until Tuesday. So I'm saying to you and our listeners. Yeah, but I think sometimes that, like, people have to go to work tomorrow. We've still got work to do tomorrow. It's just not here. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. What are you doing? I'm going to Port Lincoln. Flying? Walking. What do you think? Well, you can drive. It's an eight-hour drive. I've done that drive before. I don't recommend it. It's no, a long, no. boring drive. I'm actually going there, and I'm um, doing some work with the Adelaide Footy Club on there. They're going to do a live stream. So. Great. I'm going to talk over the live stream. Unlike you, I'm not going to try and commentate. We're just going to let the pitchers do the talking and we'll talk about some of the players. Yeah, right. Okay. Suki, suki, la, la. Oh, geez, Malcolm's here. All right, we've got to go. Enjoy the podcast. <laughs>
Um, <clears throat> I must say, it was a little bit disjointed last night. Lots of sports practice and, and all of those things. But I... Um, you did say you were going to make dinner for your lovely wife, Tori. So please reveal what actually happened. Yeah, well, sometimes life gets in the way. And, oh, no. And unfortunately, um, Tori was, was um, seeing her dad, which who hasn't been all that well. So Richard, uh, thinking of you, mate. Um, so she was doing that. I was looking after... Uh, you know, sports practice and meals and all that sort of stuff. But it was, like I said, it was a little bit disjointed, but the thought was there. I was trying to help out as best I could. How about you? What did you did do? Did you buy her anything? No, I didn't. I, <sighs> so, so this is my theory. My yeah. theory is if you if you do the right thing for three hundred the other 364 days of the year and, you know, adore and covet and all that sort of stuff, then... What would Tori's perspective on all this be if I asked her this morning? Well, that's why I'm saying it at 6.03. Yeah, you're safe. <laughs> you're a real hero, aren't you? No, I was more... I asked you a question before you deflected. What, yeah. did, what did you do? Well, I drove on Old Port Road heading towards the Port Mall. I needed to do some stuff last night. Oh, and stuff. I, see, a, see a man with a dog. Yeah. I, I drove past um, a guy who had been sitting on the side of the road all day Mm. with roses. So yeah. he was selling them all day. And I thought, probably not, because they've been out there all day. So mm. they'll be wilted by that point. But yes, I ended up getting my wife a little gift and I, I did make dinner. So I'm I'm very happy with how I oh, performed, actually. Well played. But you said, I'm trying to work with you on these, these false promises that you offer every day when I speak with you. Oh, hang on, hang on. False promises. Yeah. We had a little wager yesterday because I said I was going to do something and you said, oh, you won't do that. We did have a wager yesterday. So we, we randomly, if you haven't listened to the podcast before, make sure you do because we record some stuff at the start of the podcast and <laughs> it's it just goes off on a bit of a tangent, which is fine because we have less structure. We get to know one another a little bit more, but just talk about you're, stuff. You're a bit looser on the podcast. I think I am. Mm. Yeah. And you, no, you are as well. We both are. Mm. So for some reason, we, we started talking about player numbers yeah. for the Adelaide Football Club. Uh, that's it. Yep. And we ended up talking about the number 22 because we were both confused as to who was wearing number 22. Mm. Ended up getting to Andy Otten. Um, we started talking about him. Um, but it was clearly... It was Sarge! I, it was, Ian Perry's was, name came up. It was Isaac Rankin. Isaac Rankin was 22, but he's 23 now. He's, he's moved up one peg. Yeah, so we we were just looking at random statistics and you threw something at me and you said, okay, so which number has been responsible for the most games at the Adelaide Football Club? Yeah. And I said, well, I don't know, because you asked me like I was Siri that I could just come up with a response <laughs> straight away. And then I said to you, why don't you do your research, which f first of all is a, I mean, a, that's a very direct question to throw your way. Mm -hmm. And you said, I'll do it. And, and then, I intentionally said, I'm not going to remind you. Yeah. You said, no, I well, will no, do first, it. First of all, you said, no, you won't. You won't do it. You never do it. Now, I only said that because last year you once on a podcast said, I'm looking for my football boots. <laughs> <laughs> that was my premiership football and, boots from 1997. And I, I had to remind you. I can't find. From 1998, I had to remind you to bring in your premiership Guernsey and it took until 2023 for you to do that. So okay. did you actually complete the task? I did. Yes. So I owe you a coffee, first of all. Yeah. So well done. And first of all, uh, I said I wanted a large. Yes. 
um, one with soy milk and whatever else I can add that makes it the most expensive. Well, this is great because um, our big boss, Sam Fantasia, is coming in at 7 o'clock this morning. So <laughs> I'll send him out there with my credit card and he can um, go and get your coffee. Okay. So it's interesting. It's an interesting exercise to do. And maybe what we'll do is I'll do it with Port Adelaide tomorrow, but I think I know what Port Adelaide's um, number will be. Well, okay. So you'll come in tomorrow. I won't be here. No, no. Well, next week. <laughs> okay. next week we'll <laughs> wait, so, so wait. If- are you saying you're going to do Port Adelaide's on Tuesday? Yes. And I won't remind you. Yes. I'm writing this down. (laughs) (laughs) So a lot of people instantly thought, ah, well, 32, 23. I went 32. Yeah. So 32 was the fifth most capped Guernsey for the Adelaide Football Club. So that's been worn by Mark Rusciuto. Yep. It's been worn by Patrick Dangerfield and it's now being worn by uh, Darcy Fogarty. So that's 553. Games for number 32. So that was fifth. Surprisingly, this number uh, was fourth, was number 11. The seed? Yes, but it was also Tony McGuinness. And who else wore it uh, after that? <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, you keep going. So number 11 was 554 games. Uh, so that was fourth. Third was number seven which was Nigel Smart, Nathan Van Burlow, and more recently, Riley Philthorpe. Yep. Uh, so that was third. Now, this is where it got very interesting because the second most capped Guernsey at the Adelaide Football Club was a tie. Can you believe that? Both have played 581 games. 11, by the way, was uh, Michael Dowdy, Tony McGuinness, Matthew Wright, Paul Seedsman, Brett yeah, James. Yeah, Dogger, of course. He popped in for 200 there. Um, he, he'll love that. That I forgot his uh, Guernsey number. Uh, so the, the equal second on 581 was number five. Okay. Scott Thompson. Yeah. Uh, Matt Crouch. Big on that. And Matt Crouch has played 143 right now. Do you and want the other players who have worn number five for Adelaide? Kim Costa. Matthew Schur. Mm-hmm. Bruce Abernethy. Yep. Ronnie Burns. Mm-hmm. Kim Costa. Yeah, there you go. Uh, and equal with number five on 581 was number 26. So Embickley... R. Douglas predominantly, and now um, Harry Schomburg has played 57 They don't games. forget Jacob Schuback. Played six games. They all count. I'm just saying predominantly, I said. So the number one Guernsey, so that was equal on 581. Number one on 592, so there's only 11 games in it, was number nine, which is mm. um, uh, Tyson Edwards predominantly played over 300, and now Rory Sloan has played 255. Bruce Linder. Started off in number nine. Tony Hall. Tony Hall. Yep. No, it's, it's a good study. So 23 never made the top five. 23 was sixth. They'd played 525 games. And uh, number 18 was seventh with 510. So there you go. And if we're assuming correctly, I know we're a long way off the end of season 2024 because it hasn't started. Mm-hmm. But Rory Sloan is going to hand that number nine to someone. Mm. So that's a big call. Well, um, it's interesting, like, is he, with his eye, he might miss a few games early on. Who knows? Or uh, so, so 11 games buffer. 26, well, Harry Schomburg's out injured mm. for the first half of the season. So he's going to be uh, in strife. He's not adding to that anytime soon. So Riley Philthorpe is now carrying the baton. At some stage this year, he may take over and be wearing the most capped Guernsey at the Adelaide Football Club. Okay, uh, I'm adding something to Captain's Call. So I'm going to give you time to think about this, all right? Yeah, all right. 
Um, and it will be question without notice. Mm. But I'm going to give you notice. Um, you are Rory Sloan. You get to decide who wears number nine in 2025. We're just assuming that Rory's playing his final year. Okay. Have a think about who gets the number nine in 2025 if you get the call. So you have to remove the the next trop, uh, crop of draftees. I'll ask you when we do captain's call a little bit later on. Um, we are here this morning. Thank you to everybody for listening. On the text line, 0427154166, Callum says, I'm with Bix. Sometimes life gets in the way, and that's fine. I remember when I made my first excuse. It's absolutely fine. Mm. Just be better, Bickley. Um, breakfast powered by Kubota. Take on any job with Kubota's mowers, tractors, and land pride attachments. Um, just, just be better. Okay, that's not, that's going to be my new <laughs> sort of sort of sort of logo or model. Or I'm going to try and model my life on that. Just be better. We spoke about Taylor Swift yesterday morning, front page of the advertiser. I don't know why everyone's getting excited about a cardboard cutout floating around South Australia, yeah, yeah. but um, there's there's three. Adelaide establishments that are going through really challenging times at the moment. So we're waking up to the news that Big Shed Brewery have uh, brought in the administrators, Mm -hmm. which is a really challenging time for Jason and the team. They've had a a wonderful affiliation, not just with Fruit Chocks, the Adelaide 36s, but if you think about the Western suburbs, so where they used to be in Royal Park, it was just this little family business. And then they've gone onto Old Port Road where it's, it's fantastic there. And in, Mm. in that whole area, it is so good for the Western suburbs. Um, there, we know that they're having an event on the 26th of this month, I believe. Yeah, a lot of people are getting behind them, which yep. is great. Um, there's two other ones. The Ed Castle has had an Ed attempt to actually stay alive and then it's in trouble again. And Enzo's has only got a little bit of time left, which is – Enzo's is an Adelaide institution. It is. It is. I think it just shows how tough um, sort of hospitality yeah. is right now. And, the thing I just cannot get my head around is this indexation of tax every year, twice a year on alcohol. It, it is just ridiculous. Go try and buy a drink in a pub in the front bar these days. Yeah, yeah. It's just crazy. I've never learned a restaurant or somewhere like that. So, and it, so things just can't keep going up twice a year. You know, people don't get pay increases twice a year. Mm. Um, and particularly when, CPI is running hot like it has been the last, you know, 18 months. It is just, uh, it's not sustainable and something has to change. And, and if this continues to happen, I just feel sorry for the people. Having worked in a, um, you know, owned a business myself, I owned a retail outlet. And, and what you find is you end up, you pour your life into it. And so the pe- these people, and Enzo is a great example. He's poured his life into that spot. And, and I know the, um, the guys at Royal Park are the same in, at the brewery. Um, and it is, it, it is all consuming. So it, it's, it's devastating when it doesn't quite work out. So let's hope, um, I know Enzo's slightly different. They're moving in a different direction. And, yeah. and I think that's, it, it's a positive direction. It's still sad though. Cause every time you go there, Enzo's there. Mm. But the boys at the brewery, like get behind them. Like you don't, you know, they, we often say, you don't know what you got till it's gone. Well, yep. that is a great fun place. It's their local, they're intrinsically sort of linked to that part of the world. Let's, let's, and they support other local businesses and suppliers. So let's help them out and get behind them. We're in Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA. Big show today as well. Nathan Cosmina from Adelaide United. Sam Edmund is going to tell us everything about pre-season over in Victoria and your calls. one 736 We're going for 29 degrees today.
20 minutes past six on SENSA Breakfast uh, on this wonderful Thursday morning, the 15th of February. Uh, Mark Bickley, before we focus on what else is happening today, there's a fair bit of sports news to talk about. So uh, let's do our sports update. Okay, let's start with the SA Redbacks who picked up their first win of the season in the, uh, this is in the domestic one-day competition yesterday, had a, a five-wicket win over Queensland at Karen Rolton Oval. did drive past during the day. The, the Oval looks absolutely magnificent, did, yes. by the way. Uh, South Australia won the toss, sent Queensland in, and bowled them out for uh, 218, which is um, uh, a pretty modest total, I'd have to say. And they chased it down comfortably with nearly seven overs to spare. And it was great news that uh, young gun Tom Kelly top-scored he scored 81, uh, went it better than a runner ball. And uh, the Redbacks, quick, Jordan Buckingham claimed a career-best six-wicket haul. Yeah, and Thomas Kelly's a really interesting one too because I think the start of the BBL season, he he struggled to get into the team. And you, you can kind of see that he is someone that Dizzy um, and Tim Nielsen are kind of moulding as that South Australian player that they want to see as the next generation of um, especially White ball cricket, yep. so it was good to see him make some runs, definitely. Um, Alex Carey as well was outstanding. Yeah, he called the the world record for the number of catches taken in a list A or higher level match. Carey gloved eight catches for the innings and was uh, pretty happy with his day's work, which was very good. Do you think Alex Carey, by looking at the, the summer of cricket that we've just had, it's just going to be test cricket that he's going to be playing now? Well, the, the T20s were equally as bizarre because... Even in Hobart, Josh Inglis and Matt Wade were playing in the same game where they're both glovemen. So you'd think that Matthew Wade will move on at some stage and then maybe it's it's Inglis's role. Yeah, look, I think so. Um, it seems to be the way that cricket goes. You um, you, <clears throat> you end up specialising in one form. It's, it's 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 bloody difficult if, if you don't. If you try and play all forms of the game, you, you can do it for a little while, but I just don't think it's sustainable. So if, um, if Alex Carey is able to just totally focus on test cricket and he gets another whatever the number is two three four seasons out of himself that'd be outstanding but um once this is an interesting one the whole you know world record uh, alex carey like you got to give the bowls a bit of credit as well and uh, as we said um uh, jordan buckingham was outstanding six wickets for him and he can can uh, get the ball to move off the seam and can swing the ball. So uh, that, that speaks volumes of his uh, great bowling as well. 22 minutes past six on SENSA Breakfast. We're here thanks to Tire Power. Save big on Falcon All-Terrain Tires. Good morning. 28 minutes past six on SENSA Breakfast. Good morning to you going for a top of 29 degrees today. Breakfast powered by Kubota. Take on any job with Kubota's mowers, tractors, and land pride attachments. Uh, because a little bit later on in the show, we are going to be speaking to Nathan Cosmina from Adelaide United. Looking forward to that chat because um, the supporters have uh, a lot of questions to ask in mm. regards to player signings. They're wasn't really much movement in January. So now that transfer window has closed, the only incoming players were Stefan Mork, which yep. was, um, look, highly spoken about, um, and also Yaya Dekouli, who was playing for Adelaide United prior to moving over to France with uh, Mohamed Toure. So it was a young player, played a handful of games for Adelaide United, and he's made his way back into the setup. So bringing back two former players... The outgoings probably have a lot more strength than the uh, incomings. Yeah, and, and it's a it's such a tough one because financially and uh, as a business model, they've had a great last six months in terms of being able to uh, 
you know, players leaving and, and getting a transfer fee, but still the supporters want to see uh, stuff happening on the pitch. They want to see you know, competitive efforts and they want to see their side winning. And they started off so brilliantly, but just fallen away. And I just wonder if you're a player that's still at the club and other people uh, are leaving, what does that do to the morale? It makes it pretty tough. It is half past six on SENSA Breakfast. Good morning. Breakfast with Mark Bigley and Jared Walsh. Tire power. Big brands better buy sale on now. 25% off selected Falcon passenger and SUV tires. 26 minutes to seven on SENSA Breakfast. We are here in Studio Lumo. Powered by Lumo Energy SA. Um, and a big thanks to Kubota. Take on any job with Kubota's mowers, tractors, and land pride attachments. Uh, Mark Bickley. Mm. Look, it's safe to say that prior to the news, we may have had a... A few technical issues. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is this is what happens when we have a long off-season. We make our way back into studio, Lumo, and sometimes things just go wrong. <laughs> That's it. And, and it was good because you were furiously and feverishly trying to fix it. Uh, and On the fly. Yeah, and Jace, producer, uh, was doing his best. And I was like literally just throwing my hands up saying, don't look at me. Boys. You just kept talking. Well, just don't look at me because it's, yeah, I know. And it's it was, beyond me. It was great to see we all... We all got together and I'm right behind you. <laughs> we just we had we had no idea what was going on. And yeah. the, the part that was cut off by the news, I was really disappointed because that's the best thing you've said in over twelve months. Was amazing, wasn't it? Um can I just say, uh I just saw something else here this morning uh that concerns me a little bit, and that is that uh, Darcy Fogarty is now in some doubt about playing uh tomorrow in Port Lincoln. He's got a bit of a quad issue. So the injury toll at the Adelaide Football Club, whilst um, there's a couple of blokes who are just a bit sore and not quite uh, feeling 100%. There's a few, you know, that Miller and Butts have got the hamstring issues, but they've got four or five other guys that are just on the edge. It sounds like they've been in a heavy workload and there's just a few creaks. So they've probably just started to button off now that the, um, the game starts. So just feeling like they just need to sort of, um, Adelaide will be hoping just for a nice clean run over the next uh, couple of weeks because once you start playing, there's there's injuries that happen through collisions and twists and people falling over each other. So that's more luck, uh, and they're very you know you can't manage that. So I, I think everyone's just uh, you know hoping that they have a uh, a bit of a, a change of luck in in the injury front because um, yeah it's it's just starting to grow a little bit at Adelaide. We were talking about the cricket just before the news and uh, it was a celebration for the Redbacks who were a couple of Marsh Cup games to go. So they... Uh, I thought that was their last one. They, no, there's a handful of... Oh, sorry, Redbacks games to yeah, go, as I yeah. should probably say. So the Redbacks have a few games to go um, over the next Three. few weeks. Three so more. they're going to be playing in the Shield um, against New South Wales on the 1st of March and then they play against Tasmania on the 11th of March. Um so they finished second last mm. in the Marsh Cup, which is better than finishing last, I guess. Well, it is. And um, we spoke with Ryan Harris yesterday, and he spoke, <laughs> spoke about the first couple of games where they made enormous scores, mm. but they just, well, the opposition made bigger scores, unfortunately. But there was the innings where Jake Fraser McGurk made 100 and something off 29 balls. They actually still lost that match. Can you believe that? They made over 400 and lost. Remarkable. Um, 
Let's keep it on a cricket theme and have a look at on this sporting day. So in 1961, on this day, the final day of what is regarded as the greatest test series of all time took place in Melbourne. Australia emerged victorious against a West Indies team taking the series 2-1. The West Indies team had won over the hearts and minds of the Australian public. So it would include the tied test and the new trophy for the two cricketing powers. So the Frank Worrell trophy, as you know, we are playing for that now, which was... Look, oh, it was strange at the Gabba, and I'll explain to you why. A two-test series, first of all, a lot of the um, players don't really like the two-test series. Australia lose the second test, but then they go on the stage and go through the whole ceremony because they retain the Frank Worrell Trophy. It, similar happened in Perth the other night. Australia won the series, great. They lose the match but get the trophy. It's a very weird, mm. weird feeling. And you could see that with the Aussie players because at the Gabba, half of them were in their whites. The other half were in their training tops and stuff. Yeah. Mm. Um, it was a, a little bit unique. So uh, let's go back to 1961. Here's Richie Benno. Frank was kind enough to say that he was offering me a scalp and his neck and the upper half of his body. But I'm quite certain that you will all agree with me that he himself will remain in the hearts of cricket lovers in this country for many a long day. His iconic voice, Richie yeah, Benno, hey? amazing. Um, the West Indian team, they remain the only visiting cricket team, this is the 1961 team, to be fated with a ticker tape parade before they left the country. That is just remarkable, isn't it? A ticker tape parade for the opposition. Do you want some other interesting facts about the uh, West Indies team? Yeah, please. Okay. I'm the stat man. <laughs> Some other fun facts about the West Indian team that were here for the summer of cricket, and they've they've gone now. Um, Australia is the only country that does a live performance of the West Indies anthem. So every other nation that they play to, if they go to England, if they go to India, they either don't have an anthem or they play just a recording. So Mm. in Australia, the only country to have a live performance. Did, did they the appreciate that? You were, you they were... loved it. One of the team managers came up to me and commented on the performer here in Adelaide and he said that was absolutely brilliant. Some of wow. them brought to tears because the song is amazing. Rally round the West Indies. Is it? That's how it goes. But it's also interesting, the West Indies. And I never really thought about it until mm. last year when they, they travelled here. It's not a country. No. It's, it's a just a ser- collection of countries. Series of, uh... So their logo is cricket stumps. Yeah. So they're they're not actually playing for their country. They're just playing for all of their countries. So can I tell you something that, that I hope is interesting? But um, one of my sons said, where is the West Indies? Yes. And my wife said, yeah, good question. Where is the West Indies? And I, and I knew where is Jamaica and where actually it was on the map. But we went and looked at it. And it is a collection of all different islands, uh, not far away from um, America. And we look, and we said, well, hang on, why is it the West Indies? And what happened, I think it was Christopher Columbus set sail looking for India and he arrived at all those islands in the West Indies and he thought that he uh, was West, they were the, they were, they'd reached the Western point of India. So he called right. it the West of India. So and there you go. West Indies. Hmm. My mum actually went to the... Put that in the book of stiff shit. <laughs> 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 that was the response I got there, Jarrah. Right, yeah. 
I know it wasn't really interesting, but like some sort of acknowledgement would have been good. Um, my mum actually went to the Caribbean. To the oh, you going with the Caribbean? She went there to the isn't it the Caribbean? No, no. I'm, I've been working with the West Indies team, so she went there. Um, my mum went there last summer, actually. To where did you say the the place that started with J? Uh, Jamaica. No, no. She went by herself. She went on her own accord. <laughs> No, come on. I'm a staff. Um, just quickly, we've got another On This Day in Sport as well in 2004, and I know that um, Daytona is right in your wheelhouse. So did you want to bring everyone up to speed with the On This Day in Sport in um, motor racing? Yeah, one of the most emotion-charged endings to a motorsport event ever, uh, the 46th Daytona 500, Dale Earnhardt Jr., wins exactly six years to the day after his father, Dale Earnhardt Sr., won his first and only Daytona 500 in 1998. Now, Dale Earnhardt Sr. was killed in an accident at Daytona in 2001. So whilst I started reading that with a very cheerful voice, as I got through that, I started to try and be a little bit more somber. The legacy continues. Dale Earnhardt Jr. wins the 46th Daytona 500. What does this mean to win it finally? Phew. I know what uh, Big E went through all the years trying to win this race. We just won the Super Bowl this, this NASCAR racing, and uh, you don't believe how hard we worked to get here. I guess it answers the question. If you've ever been wondering, does Mark Bickley pre-read his stuff? (laughs) I didn't realise you were going to throw to me there. uh... I'm so sorry. We're both in this studio. (laughs) Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA. It is 17 minutes to seven. Good morning. Tire power. Big brands better buy sale on now. 25% off selected Falcon passenger and SUV tyres. 12 minutes to seven on SEN SA Breakfast. Wonderful day. Wonderful day. It's happening today, Mark Bickley. 29 degrees. It's warm over the weekend, Beautiful. right? We're getting into the 30s, 33 on Saturday, I think. Um, then see you later, summer. I was going to lay some new grass at my uh, daughter's house, but I'm not sure now. 30, I was going to do it Saturday morning, but hot Saturday, hot Sunday. Not sure I'm going to do that. What's your advice for all of the uh, lawn porn kind of guys listening and girls? Mm. Um, what what should you be doing with your lawn right now? When it's hot in, during the hot weather? Yeah. I, I look pretty simple. Water it, I reckon. Give it plenty of water. Okay. Jared, what do you think? Yeah, but a lot of people now are preparing for the, the cooler parts of um, the season. So I mean, do you do a tight mow? With my limited knowledge... I, I find that the warmer weather, don't cut your lawn too short, is, is a okay. good tip. And then all that happens as we get out of summer is the, a lot of lawns go dormant unless you've got sort of the winter grasses. So um, they tend to lose their color a little bit. They don't look as good. So I don't as enjoy, enjoy sort of the gardening as much in the, uh, the winter months. We are powered by Kubota. Take on any job with Kubota's mowers, tractors, and land pride attachments. I'd like to see one of their mowers. What do you think about um, corded mowers? My friend's got a lawnmower with an electrical cord on it, and I just think it's like a toy. It's not, not a real thing. I think it's going the same way as the dodo. I think the what we'll find is is petrol mowers will start to head that way as well because the new rechargeables that are coming out yeah. are quite fantastic. One of my mates bought one, and he said he ain't going back. So um, I think that's the way it's going. All power tools these days, most of them, I reckon 85% of my power tools are all 
rechargeable now. Text line 0427 Lance from Paradise has reached out this morning. Did you want to yeah, mention that? Yeah, and it's a really good uh, text as well. Jared, you're as close to anyone at Adelaide United. I'm a foundation gold member of the club and think it's time the current owners come out and public come out publicly and confirm they're adhering firmly to, to the develop youth and sell model forsaking any ambition to win cups or titles. Once they do this, we as fans can decide whether we want to invest in this strategy or not. 2016's championship was an amazing anomaly, and I feel sorry for Carl Viet with how he is forced to work. Feel free to ask anyone from the club you interview. That's um, an opportunity for Nathan Cosmina, who's going to be on later in the show. I think there is always, you know, Nathan's not going to say we're going to just worry about developing kids and selling them off and not going to win championships. It's always, it's always a balancing act. You know, you're trying to combine the two, but it is very, very difficult, particularly when you have this crop that have come through more recently that have been outstanding and they've sort of garnered uh, interest from all over the world. Yeah. And it's a challenge. You, you look at the champions of last year in central coast, they had their leading goal scorer, Jason Cummings, who ended up playing for the Socceroos. He leaves straight away. He went over mm-hmm. to India and started playing. Um, so you you can't expect all of the players to stay at the club mm-hmm. when it is a world game. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes we have this view here in Australia because we're so familiar with our number one sport for the majority of people being Australian rules football that is really only played here professionally. Mm. So we have no issues about losing players to other parts of the world. Our biggest problem is losing players to other parts of Australia where football in Australia, the world game is not the number one sport commercially or attended or participation is definitely up there. Um, It's not the number two sport. It's not even the number three sport. So when it comes to interest, we we sometimes find it challenging to see this sport, which we all love, the players who are the best in Australia um, playing in a sport which isn't number one in the country. I think the analogy you made around um, AFL, and I think the Sandful is the, is the model where um, the A-League have to look. So what happens now with the successful Sandful teams – are the teams that are able to keep their group together. Now, um, you have the the young 18-year-old star who comes and plays for a season and then gets drafted, and so you lose that. But then it's creating an environment where if you do get uh, players that are in their, their sort of mid-20s and they've realised, you know what, I'm not actually going to go on to higher honours. Uh, and what you have to do is create an environment where they still want to to make the commitment and dedication to still play at the best league they can possibly play at. Uh, but but it's it's still enjoyable and they're still being challenged and getting something out of it. And you, so you look at Glenelg in the Sandfall, like I reckon 14 of those players had been to an AFL club, hadn't quite make it, came back. They're in their mid to late 20s. They keep them all together uh, and they make it fun and – still achieving a sample premiership is an, mm. is an amazing achievement. So you've got to have that, that both of those things in tune where you've got a runway for young players trying to be the best they can be and you'll, you'll win some and you'll lose some and some will stay and some will go. But then there'll be others that won't quite make it, but you want to keep them and hold them at your club. And like you said, not lose them to other clubs around Australia. And if you can do that, you can sort of mesh the best of both worlds where you 
you get a chance to marvel at the great players that come through and you can be really proud that your club developed them, but you're still creating a pathway for those other players that aren't going to quite get to the world stage, but you still want them to be great players in the National League. And Lance's message is a great one. And in 2015-16, Adelaide United was fortunate to keep Marcelo Carusco for a little while following on that championship. Isaiah stayed. Thirio stayed. Pablo Sanchez left after that grand final. Bruce Jitte. Bruce, Bruce Kamau left after that grand final. So um, we were fortunate that these players were part of a three or four year plan that Josep Gombau brought into Adelaide United. It's mm. not as simple as let's bring in players, get a championship and they leave, but you still need to invest in these kids. But, but also what if you can create the right environment, you get some people that stay, like Bruce Jitte is now yeah. a, a, a person who calls Adelaide home uh, and amongst other players, I'm sure that have come here and said, you know what? I love this lifestyle. Mm-hmm. I want to stay. And that's what you have to do. If you get players that are going to be good A-League players, there are going to be other offers and, you know, most likely from Sydney and Melbourne who have bigger budgets. So you have to create an environment, which I'm sure Carl is working really hard to do that says, you know what? I can get 20, 30, $50,000 more or a hundred thousand dollars more playing in Melbourne or Sydney but I want to play in Adelaide because I, I don't get the same feel playing in Sydney that I'm going to get by playing in Adelaide and it's going to be more expensive and I'm going to, you know, can't buy a house and all those other things. So you've got to work with what you have here and maximise the advantages to, to try and um, create an environment where people want to be. It also comes full circle. So Craig Goodwin isn't in Saudi Arabia playing for the quality of football. Craig Goodwin is in Saudi Arabia because it was – a a generational opportunity yep, that he couldn't right. say no to. And once that finishes, and he's, if he and his wife um, want to have another baby and they want to have it around their family and friends, mm. he'll be back playing in Australia and hopefully for Adelaide United. It comes full circle. Exactly. So um, we will speak to Nathan Cosmina about that a little bit later on this morning. Thank you for your text line, 0427 Get to the good stuff. 13, 27, 27. Bix, your nomination for the good stuff this morning. Uh, pretty easy one for me. Talking about in that little uh, opener there, going to have a good day. <clears throat> Alex Carey had a good day yesterday, didn't he? Eight catches. That's a world record. Let's have a listen to Alex. Yeah, I think it's just one of those days they stuck in the glove, which was nice. Once you get the 6-7 um, in a one-day game, you, you probably think that's a fair few. And then um, to take the last one and get eight, um, we probably thought there would have to be some sort of record there. Mm. And and there was one absolute cracker down the leg side where he sort of dived full length, took it in his left hand, which was outstanding. So, And as I said, give some credit to the bowlers as well because uh, you don't get the batsman nicking away if you're not uh, bowling really well. I'll give you my nomination in a moment, but I need to ask a question mm. that you actually posed this question before the news, which no one may have heard because I think we had a technical issue. Yeah. I'm bringing it back. You can't be serious, man. You cannot be serious. That ball was on the line. Shot flew up. It was clearly in. As Taylor Swift arrives in Melbourne on her private jet, she's suggesting that we need to calm down. And Mark Bickley, I'm asking you the question, am I overreacting? Okay. Well done, Alex Carey. Mm. We love you. Eight catches is fantastic. 
but you're standing behind the batter and just receiving the ball in your gloves, big, right? Big fat gloves, yeah. Is that a huge achievement <laughs> to just catch the ball? What? I mean, if it was, let's say it was Travis Head at mid-wicket who yeah. took eight catches. Unbelievable! Well, the only thing that I would say to that is history says it's hard. And so mm. you have to have a whole lot of factors come together, which is good bowling. You have to take them. But there was some, like I said, there was one absolute specky in there, which was down the leg side. I didn't see a lot of the others, but uh, he did He did have to do a little bit of work. And um, yeah, you got to catch him. Others don't. Don't you think? There's been some. Am I overreacting? Uh, I've got to ask these questions. No, no, you're not. <laughs> We're not overreacting. We should give plaudits where plaudits are due because if he dropped eight catches, we'd be all over him. Yeah. We'd be saying he's a dud. So let's give Well, we wouldn't say he's a dud because we're not that kind of show. Well, if he dropped eight catches, I think – I'm not sure if anyone's dropped eight catches, but anyway – well, Pakistan did. That's what (laughs) (laughs) Rhino said that the other day. They dropped 15 catches for the series. But anyway, um, I'm happy to go on the the positives. Let's let's catch the positives and uh, let's say well done. That's scary. If you're moving house, use a team that's easy and affordable. Budget car and truck rental, 13, 27, 27. So, so who are you? Uh, what's good for you? I'm going to hold on to mine. Oh. Why? Because I just need to just build up the strength to oh. talk about it. Oh, really? Um, and I need to kind of do a little bit more research on more statistics about this basketball legend. And you know what? It's a basketball legend that isn't LeBron James. That's going to surprise you. No, no, I think I know who you're talking about because I mentioned this person on Tuesday okay. around Sporting Loves. I love this guy. Hold that thought, okay? Please hold that thought up. Sam Enma joining us not too far away. We are in Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA. And next, it's back for 2024, Captain's Call. Two minutes past seven on SENSA Breakfast on this Thursday, the 15th of Feb. Can you believe it, Mark Bickley? We are halfway through Feb. Christmas is just around the corner. Not quite, but halfway through Feb does seem crazy, doesn't it? Like, um, Jet, every year, the same thing happens. January goes in the blink of an eye. And yeah, January uh, is almost a redundant month. Let's just get rid of it. We don't need it. Mm, well, most people are on holidays. You can't get any work done. Yeah. So anyway, um, but Feb, Feb's a good month. It's warm, generally. It's the hottest month of the year for us here in South Australia. And, um, yeah, I, I enjoy Feb, so I'm a bit disappointed that it's going so quick. Uh, a text coming in on 0427-154-166. Daniel says, lucky the Redbacks won yesterday. Otherwise, they would have finished 0-8. and eight. They still finished stone mothers last. So they finish equal on wins with Queensland. But um, the net run rate is horrific for uh, the Redbacks that finish off in five points. Mm. Um Another interesting text message here because uh, Todd Marshall from Port Adelaide uh, signed that long-term deal, five-year deal, which takes him off. I think he's on the free agency market. Uh, from Matt says, welcome back, gents. The, the Marshall uh, re-signing interests me. He's had one good, not great season in seven and was one more concussion away last year from being in big trouble. Hardly a star of the comp. Five years in Feb, is overs. He wants to stay. So offer two years max now or wait until the end of the season. Are we handing out contracts for mates? That's from Matt. Um, I don't think so. I, I think um, when people enter free agency, like you literally, if you want to keep them, you're offering them five years because that's what the going rate is. If Todd Marshall got to the end of the season and um, he was going to explore 
his options. He would get five years from a, a number of clubs with his age and his experience. 21 games last year, kicked 36 goals. Was going all right until he started to miss a lot. Didn't look fit in the sort of back third of the season. He's a bit banged up. Just feel like there's certain people who are um, who add to the fabric of your group, and I think Todd Marshall is one of them. He he spoke uh, at the press conference about entering the the sort of leadership group and how important that is, and I just think he's someone that is really important to Port Adelaide and is seen by many people at Port Adelaide as someone that uh, that is part of who Port Adelaide are. He's part of their identity now. So I, you got you got to keep people. You, you, I just don't think that there are some people that you just you want to make sure you have them around their club. Here's Todd Marshall. Yeah, just seeing over the last couple of years, sort of players um, and their names getting thrown around throughout the year, and um, I guess their performance getting judged a bit more harshly and stuff like that regarding free agency is um, something that I didn't really want to be a part of, and I let my management group and the club know that, and and yeah, we were able to get a deal done, which is um, yeah very safe for me. And, and the other thing as well is you want people that say, just get the deal done and let's make it happen. You don't want the other way, which is hanging out, haggling, more money uh, and all those types of things. So if people want to be at your club yeah, and, and you're happy to have them there, get it out the road, get it done. What do you think? You're a port man. I think it's worth securing him. I'm, I always think that the, the issue Port Adelaide are going to face now, I'll ask you about this in Captain's Call in a moment. So Port Adelaide now at full strength, fully fit, have Charlie Dixon, Ollie Lord, Mitch Georgiatis and Todd Marshall. All of them won't play in the same game. No. So I, I feel that securing Todd is really important. Mm-hmm. Ollie Lord looks like the future. He's been extended. Yep. Charlie Dixon um, is well, is closer to the end than the he's start. On, he's on the downslope. So Mitch Georgiatis is the interesting one. I think that he was re-signed after he did his ACL last year and whether that changed a few things for Port Adelaide, whether um, Mitch was part of their future prior to doing his knee mm. uh, or whether he was someone that they probably thought going into the back end of last year, maybe he's got a bit of currency because Ollie Lord's proving he can do what he can do now. Yeah, look, and the other thing as well is is – playing the role that he plays. So key forward roles, they just don't fall off trees. And the first half of your career is, is often a bit of a slog. And then you get to this point of your career where Todd Marshall is, he's about to go into his most productive years. So uh, I'm really comfortable. If you're Port Adelaide and you're trying to sustain a, a, a tilt at a premiership, you've got to have your keys locked in. And he's one of those because Charlie Dixon, Unfortunately, his body is starting to let him down. Um, he's, he's another great person to have around the club, but they have to Port Adelaide this year, I think, will transition from, from Charlie Dixon being you know, one of the key pillars in their forward line to being not as important this year. Uh, a few texts coming in, 0427154166. This one, uh, they don't have their name attached to it. That's fine. It says Matt has no clue. If we offered two years, Todd Marshall would be gone. And Brett says, I really like the intro music. Is that from an 80s rock song or something? It sounds very familiar. Killers. Well, we're going to keep it a secret. Oh, we were. No, we weren't. It's <laughs> fine. It's um, a song from the Killers. It's called um, My Own Soul's Warning. And uh, we will get it right eventually. Captain's Call on SENSA Breakfast. We 
so glad this is back for 2024. It was a controversial segment we had last year, and we all sat together in the boardroom at SEN and said, look, I know we love sitting here. Thanks to Kubota. Take on any job with Kubota's mowers, tractors, and land pride attachments. I want to bring Captain's call back. What was your response, Mark Bickley? I said, do it. I love it. Anything that's got my name on it, more of it. <laughs> There's no Jared's call, is there? No, no, no. I just asked the questions. Okay. So you, you normally um, sit on the fence, That's which right. is why you got the nickname Splinter Bum. Um, so they, uh, these things are pretty hard hitting. And you, you know, you're trying to wedge me, aren't you? You're yeah, you can't have too much time to think about it. Just okay. give us an answer, all right? All right, all right? So do you sign Matthew Nix now to a contract extension or wait till the back end of the season? No, do it now. Um, why? I just think, I don't think a whole lot's going to change. Like, are you happy with what he's done over the last three or four years? Uh, I think most people at the Adelaide Footy Club would say this has been a measured, stepped uh, rebuilding process. And, and of course, it's not Matthew Nix, it's the whole team. But more importantly, I think, is if you look at, and look at Adelaide uh, and the way, the, what, the atmosphere down there, they look to me like a club that's connected, that's keen to, you know, they want to keep improving. The players are hungry. They look like they're enjoying themselves at the moment. I think that's that's symbolic of what Matthew Nix has tried to create. And I think if you've got a happy group that are progressing and moving in the right direction, give them some stability and say, Matthew, you're our man. All right, we've got to keep on moving fast. Sorry, I broke, I broke that one down. So it was my bad. What's more embarrassing, your internet search history or your calculator history? <laughs> What's my calculator history? What do you mean? Well, what you've had to use your calculator for. Ah, well, I'm I'm not embarrassed by either, but probably, probably my internet search history because there's <clears throat> probably some really nerdy stuff in there. What team is going to fall out of the eight? What team will go back in? Uh, Saints to fall out, and uh, Adelaide to go in. Why do we say I slept like a baby when babies wake up every two hours? Mm, mm. Uh, maybe because when they're first born, they sleep for probably twelve hours a day. Who will play more games this year, Ollie Lord or Charlie Dixon? That's a really good question. Thank you. Did you frame that? Just answer it. Okay. Uh, Ollie Lord. Valentine's Day. Did you ever think it's sad that a successful marriage means you'll just watch the other person die? <laughs> Where did that come from? Um, well, I'm hoping that that in our um, elder years that we're still together, the lovely Tori and I. Oh, God, I thought you were talking about you and me. Um, <laughs> you are Rory Sloan. Who wears number nine next season? Um, Rory Sloan. Um, so first of all, you're making the assumption that he's not going to be there. He could have a cracking season. I know. I'm just saying if he's not there next year, I, who wears number nine? I have this, uh, so this romantic notion that, um, that there's a young recruit called Charlie Edwards. Yep. Who oh, uh, Edwards. most people are impressed with. Uh, maybe if he continues his good form and looks like he's going to be a player of the future that, um, in the a nod to Tyson Edwards, we'd give it to Charlie. Next championship, 36ers or Adelaide United? <laughs> um, I'm going to say uh, the Adelaide 36ers. Will Matt Crouch play more games in the AFL or the Sandful this year? Mm, AFL. What does water taste like? Wet. The ODI World Cup or the T20 World Cup? Uh, the, you know what? If you had have asked me this six months ago, I would have said the T20 World Cup, but I was enamored with uh, what we saw in India. I thought it was absolutely fantastic. So I'm going to go the the, um, the one-day international. Brian Gorgian or Scott Ninnis? Uh, 
Um, look, I just need a name. I'm only get, I, I'm not an aficionado mm. on basketball, mm-hmm. but I'm one of the things that I have in my head says beware the interim coach and a spike that you get when a new person comes in and says, "Hey guys, just play, no pressure." Okay. I, I think Gorgian to me, uh, who has a maybe a tried and tested track record, would would be the person. What's better for ticket sales for the Velo 500, Robbie Williams or Pearl Jam? No, Robbie Williams. If a liar tells you they are lying, are they lying or telling the truth? Depends what they're saying. Who will kick more goals, Todd Marshall or Darcy Fogarty? Well, that is a really good question. They both kicked, I think it was 34 and 36 last year from the same amount of games, which I don't think is prolific, by the way, for either of those guys because they're, they're both extremely talented. I'm going to go with Todd Marshall only because I think Marshall this year will be the number one banana at Port Adelaide. And I still think Darcy Fogarty will be in the shadow of Taylor Walker. 13 minutes past seven. Very nice work, Mark Bickley. Big brands better buy sale on now. 25% off selected Falcon passenger and SUV tyres. 18 minutes past seven on SENSAE Breakfast. Uh, Mark Bickley, we have a Sigma Boost Power Bank. We'll keep your phone, tablet and earbuds powered 24-7. All you need to do is give us a call, one 736 736 or you can text us. We've got a couple of text messages coming in. Um, Daniel says, before we said it's halfway through Feb, this week is the last weekend till the end of September without footy on the TV. Wow. That's good. That's good. Oh, I love that. And, that is a very uh, good I'll statistic. tell you what, I'm feeling optimistic as a Crows fan this year. Crows have six Thursday and, f- and combined Thursday, Friday night games, which is awesome. Port Adelaide have a fair swag. As yeah, well. I like the Thursday so night setup. I. Very, very good. Elongates your weekend, I reckon. I don't know what elongates means. <laughs> I thought he was the guy that ran Twitter or X, um, but that's okay. Um, to give you an update on the world game, the UEFA Champions League is into the round of 16 and the first leg has been conducted this week. So uh, currently the, the only teams that have scored um, were yesterday. So Real Madrid yesterday defeated RB Leipzig 1-0. Man City defeated Copenhagen 3-1. And currently PSG are taking on Real Sociedad 0 Mm-hmm. At halftime. Where's that being played? And uh, Lazio are uh, facing Bayern Munich, and that is also halftime. Uh, the PSG game, I don't know where it is. Well, I'm, no, I'm, I do. It's in um, it's in France, I believe. I might have a little interest in that. Yeah, it's, it's in France. Someone said to me that PSG were great value to win the Champions League at, at $13. So um, Gamble responsibly. You're making a few wages. You started off this week wagering on Usher wearing a hat. <laughs> I'm a very modest wager. What's the correct term? A punter, maybe? A couple of dollars? Just yeah, just don't, I interest don't sake? I think you should just do it responsibly. Yeah. What else is happening in the world of sport? Uh, let's talk about uh, Collingwood Premiership star, maybe star, Collingwood Premiership player Nathan Murphy has pulled out of the club's upcoming practice matches, declaring he isn't quite in the right state of mind to play competitive football. Now, Murphy, we know, was concussed in the first quarter of Collingwood's grand final win over Brisbane. And he suffered a further setback after a head knock at training in early January. So he said there is no hard timeline that has been set for his return to action. Now, Nathan's had uh, a number of concussions, getting close to double figures now, I think it is. Uh, remember, during Gather Round last year, he uh, had a, um, uh, suffered a concussion after sort of a run-in 
uh, off the ball and then again in the grand final as well. So this is the landscape we're in now. And, and I'm glad that players now are in the driver's seat where they're saying, look, I'm actually going to take some time away and get myself organised and, you know, and not return too early or, or uh, before I'm ready because it is – and as I told you on Tuesday, first, first day back mm. – I had uh, an incident with my son who fell off his bike and had a severe concussion and spent three no three nights in hospital. And you only have one brain. And I tell you what, you you, you start to realise that when uh, some loved ones are put in that position. So yeah, it makes some. It's good to see players have a bit more knowledge now and are, and are making really smart decisions. Twenty two minutes past seven. Tire power. You can save big on Falcon All Terrain tires. Very soon, we'll be joined by Sam Edmund and also Nathan Cosmina from Adelaide United. Plenty of your texts coming in too. We'll get to them after this. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Tire power. Big brands, better buy sale on now. 25% off selected Falcon passenger and SUV tyres. 27 minutes past seven on SENSA Breakfast. Mark Bickley's here. He's ready to go back for 2024. Um, Sam Edmund is going to join us on the other side of the news and Nathan Cosmina at 8.15. Bix, um, we like to have a lot of fun on this show, but some really disturbing news coming out of the United States where multiple people have been shot near the Super Bowl victory parade in Kansas City with two yeah. armed people taken into custody. Um, we're, we're bringing this news to you as it's dropping live. Shots reportedly rang out towards the end of the parade near Union Station with footage online showing panic crowds fleeing as police with guns drawn ran towards the disturbance. If you think about the amount of people that would be there for that oh. parade, I even heard um, some representatives of... The, the Kansas area saying um, they don't have the capacity to have a massive parade mm. and they were encouraging Taylor Swift fans not to rock up because of how many people would actually make their way to that parade. So we saw vision this morning. We're looking on the TVs here of Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey celebrating and then it turns in to fear from celebration. So mm. um, let's hope everyone, well, as much as possible can be okay out of that. And we've heard that, hasn't been confirmed yet, but there are some, looks like there are some casualties, which is disastrous. Yes, there's images of some people who have unfortunately been injured. Um, what we will do across the whole day and across the morning is keep you up to date with all of that information. Um, you can follow us on the socials as well if you need to find out anything more. As we said, there is uh, plenty more still to come on the show. We're going to find out what's happening over in Victoria. Where there's a lot of clubs to talk about. How uh, Brisbane are going to bounce back from their grand final defeat. How Collingwood are going to aim to go back to back. But also some of those other clubs, Mark, like um, Geelong, are they going to drop out of the eight? Mm. Richmond, what's going on with them? So many questions. Sam Edmund will be all across that. And Adelaide United fans, if you have anything you want us to ask Nathan Cosmini, you can send us a text 0427 154 166 going for 29 degrees today. It's SENSA. Selected Falcon passenger and SUV tyres. 27 to 8. Good morning to you on this Thursday, the 15th of Feb. 
We're in studio, Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA. And a huge thanks to Kubota Breakfast, powered by Kubota. Take on any job with Kubota's mowers, tractors, and land pride attachments. Bix, before we head to Sam Edmund, a few texts, 0427154166, one from Lindsay. Uh, yes, says, boys, I'm bemused by the fact that, that the experts are playing down Port's chances this season. Looking at the list, I see depth and experience in attack, ruck, midfield, defence, and great coaching. Am I just glass half full? That's from Lindsay. I reckon you are, Lindsay. I reckon that they'll be around the mark. Um, Costa also says, I'm a Crows fan, but the fact Todd Marshall had to get five years approaching free agency, what really do contracts mean anyway? Be looking forward to hearing what Kane Corns has to say about the deal. We know he's not a fan of long-term deals and he's outspoken about players not performing. Once they get some security, you can listen to Kane Corns a little bit later on. Let's head over to Victoria and have a chat to our good friend Sam Edmund. There's a lot of news coming out of Victoria. We just spoke briefly about Nathan Murphy. Good morning to you. Welcome back, Sammy. What can you tell us about Nathan Murphy and Collingwood? Hello, Walshie. Hello, Bix. Good to be with you for the first time uh, this year. And, uh, and as your texter just said, uh, glass half full, maybe. But, hey, it's glass half full season. If you're not mm. optimistic on the 15th <laughs> of February, when are you going to be optimistic, boys? That's it. Oh, no, I'm with you. I think both Adelaide clubs are feeling a bit of love at the moment, thinking they're going to be uh, amongst the, the action in September. But anyway, um, tell us about Nathan Murphy. Yeah, look, they had a big match simulation session over here, Collingwood. Uh, Nathan Murphy didn't take part. In fact, he was running water as he uh, plots his way back to match play. Now, he's going to miss Collingwood's practice uh, matches, as he uh, admitted yesterday, as he comes back from that grand final concussion. So he's been on a modified program throughout, and he copped a nasty tackle, of course, from Nick Dacos. He did give Nick a little friendly drive-by yesterday, so good to see Nick finally laying a tackle. It just happened to be on him. But it's an extensive concussion history, of course. Now, Look, the independent panel has officially cleared him to continue at AFL level whenever he's ready, of course. And at the moment, he doesn't shy away from the fact that he's not ready. And it it sounds that it's definitely more of a confidence thing for him that when he's mentally ready to step back into the fray, he will. Uh, But at this stage, that's that's not for him. And uh, he admitted as much yesterday. And for Melbourne fans, there's a little bit of good news on the Clayton Oliver front. He looks like he's starting to get back into the routine and structure of, of AFL footy. Yeah, absolutely. No, all systems go here. I mean, I, I know there's been a lot of uh, doubt over whether he would be, in fact, ready for the start of the season. In fact, I think it's been reported that he more likely won't be. I've got to say, I'd be shocked if he isn't. He completed a full session uh, on Monday um, in some match drills and match simulation session that the Demons took part in. Of course, uh, Melbourne are in action out at Casey Fields at 10 o'clock this Sunday uh, in a practice match. So I'd expect him to be involved there. He spent uh, half of the session on Monday in the so-called B team, but then transitioned through to the the A side halfway through. So he's been doing his own stuff anyway while he's been training away from uh, the team as per the independent medical advice that he has been given for all of his, um, I guess, his off-field challenges that he's had in the last couple of years. So they haven't ruled him out, Melbourne, and at the moment he's trending in the right direction. So uh, coming back to that word optimism, I wouldn't have thought there's any reason not to be optimistic about Clayton Oliver. Now, Sam, it's a really good area for those people who haven't been to the MCG kind of uh, Olympic Park-style setup in Victoria because there's a big training facility in Gosh's Paddock where you have not just Melbourne who train there, but Melbourne Victory, Melbourne Storm, and then you you head closer to the town and Collingwood are there. Collingwood had an an intra-club trial and there was an interesting onlooker and that's former Collingwood player Jack Ginevan, um, who now plays for Hawthorne. Is is he lost? Does he miss Collingwood? What's he doing there watching this? 
He's a long way from Waverley Park, I can tell you that, while we're on the subject of geography uh, with his new club, Hawthorne. But, no, I mean, a lot of uh, close friends there at Collywood, and Isaac Quainer, or one of those, obviously, uh, elevated into the leadership group yesterday as well, just while we're on uh, the subject of the prize, given Taylor Adams was vacated for Sydney. But got a lot of close friends there at Collingwood, as you would expect. He's only been out the door for five minutes. So I think we live in a world where that's OK, don't we? And uh, he was watching the Goldfields match, boys, the, the Bendigo team v the Ballarat team there. And uh, another name to watch, though, just uh, Finn McRae, obviously mm. the brother of uh, Jack McRae at uh, the Western Bulldogs, who's been on the list for a few years, only played... 12 games, only I think three in the last two. He's had a contract this year, so is this the year he can break in? Been starved of opportunities, and if he doesn't, boy, won't his manager's uh, phone be ringing. <laughs> Most definitely. I heard uh, Jack Crisp interviewed, and he said that uh, he's breathing down his neck, so that some of the older players are, are feeling that uh, that pressure that's going to come from some of those younger players. Uh, speaking of another more experienced player, Tom Liberatore, after a fairly long layoff, I think it's been eight or nine years, is back in the leadership group at the, uh, the Western Bulldogs. Solo vice-captain, can you believe it? Yeah, nine years, Big, since he held a formal leadership role, title even, at the Witten Oval. And at, at the ripe old age of 31, he's back. Look, what a player he's been. We know the resume is mm. glowing, the premiership, the best and fairest, and for so long, one of the best clearance and tackle players in the competition. But what, I think what makes this re-emergence so compelling is that, as Luke Beveridge called it yesterday in some of the vision the club released as he addressed the team, is that this is a guy who's been through his troughs as a player, a couple of knee reconstructions. And, of course, in his life, a couple of run-ins with the law, found, of course, back in the day with a small amount of an illicit substance, got a, a drug strike under the AFL policy. The club sent him to Thailand for a period of time. So he's battled back from all that. He's battled back from all the one-year contracts that followed while the club was understandably a little bit anxious and a bit nervous over his future. He's a parent now. He's a business owner in the western suburbs of Melbourne. So this is a full 180-degree turn, I think, for or a 360-degree turn for Libba, who's... Uh, who's a very mature performer and um, influence now around that club at the age of 31. So uh, the name's synonymous with the club, we know that, uh, with his old man being the Brownlow meddler. So he is the Western Bulldogs. He's just one of those heart and souls, isn't he? Yeah, just on the Western Bulldogs, there's been a, a bit of a tumultuous uh, off-season. They've had a, uh, a review. They've had some change in, in positions. Has it, has it all calmed down? Has Luke Beveridge now sort of... Uh, where he wants to be, uh, are you confident they can, I guess, get somewhere close to their best this year? Oh, I'm not confident on their footy uh, on their footy credentials, and who, who could be after the year they just had? I mean, you can see them bolting up, and you can see them falling through the floor, can't mm. you? But yeah, look, everything's settled down now. I mean, certainly going back six months in the latter half of last year, there was some angst. While you know, Amit Baines, the chief executive, and, and Chris Grant, then the sole football director had to sit Luke Beveridge down and explain that there will be some change and you're not going to like it all, Luke. And, and you're going to have to wave goodbye to some people who have been with you for a long period of time. Did the coach like that? Absolutely not. But they brought him into the tent in terms of the people that they were going to replace um, with. And they brought a lot of new faces into that football department. They've changed the structure. The review wasn't glowing for Chris Grant either with, with uh, Peter Jackson coming in and all the interviews he did. So his role has changed. He's away from the day-to-day now. Um, and more of an overarching umbrella view of, of the club. So there's been a lot of change there. They're dialed in now, as you expect, come the 15th of February. But I tell you, if things don't go the way that they would hope, then it's a, it's a make-or-break year in many respects for, for the Western Bulldogs. And, and obviously, Luke Beveridge is going to be central to that as the season unfolds. Sam, I don't want to be too intrusive on your personal life, but Mark Bickley this morning revealed that he did nothing for Valentine's Day yesterday. He is full of false promises, didn't <laughs> even prepare dinner for his beautiful wife, Tori, or get her a gift. Did you do anything special yesterday? 
Was it Valentine's Day yesterday? <laughs> <laughs> You're my man. <laughs> you know, you know what I did, and I, I didn't say this to you earlier, Bix. I waited till just before bedtime to give my wife the gift that I purchased because I knew she didn't get anything for me. So oh. it was a real power play for me. Passive aggressive. You, you know what I would say, Bix, is that romance is meant to be spontaneous. I mean, you don't need a title for that sort of stuff. Well, like you are you are better than that. What, what I said, Sam, was well, it's the three hundred and sixty four other days of the year. You know, I, I'm, I'm every day, so every day is Valentine's for my wife. How about that one? It's disgusting. <laughs> it makes us feel sick. We know that you need to now probably go and vomit after hearing that, and you've got to prepare because you've been doing an outstanding job filling in for Jared Waitley. So uh, we can continue listening to you on SENSA. Sam Edmund, thanks for your time. Great to speak, boys. Have a good day. Always yeah. good speaking with Sammy, and as we said, doing a, a brilliant job while uh, Jared is making his way back from the Super Bowl. Um, make sure you continue listening to Sam. Uh, Nathan Cosmina joining us not too far away. Um, Lots of news coming out of Victoria. I think it's a it is quite a feel good story with Tom Liberatore, isn't it? No doubt. And as um, <clears throat> Sam alluded to, it, like he had some serious troughs, and there were some serious questions about one whether he was going to stay at the club, one whether he was going to stay involved yeah, at, in AFL footy. But I guess um, it's a bit like life, isn't it? You know, there's ups and downs, and um, you know, as Sam said, he's he's settled down, he's got a business, he's you know. You get a bit older, you get more mature, you work out what life's all about. And he's playing as good a footy as he's ever played. And he is the heart and soul of that footy club. So uh, it's really important that, oh, you know, when I say heart and soul, he does represent, no, he does. you know, yeah. that sort of bulldog spirit where he, he scraps and scrapes. and, and uh, you He's know. just a, he's a contrast to Marcus Bontempelli, which you kind of think is a really good a, thing too. Yin and yang. One's all class and, and smooth mover and the other one's just getting his hands and knees dirty. I remember in 2016 when they, they won the premiership, he went overseas and played in a, just a random expat Bali. game of yeah, footy yeah. as well. Which Shaved is, his yeah. head, had that male pattern baldness that, look. Yeah, oh, well, sorry, mate. I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> I um, spoke before I thought that. Uh, speaking of people with a similar hairdo, we should shout out Sam Pepper too, who's earned his way into the leadership group for Port Adelaide, which is, um, which is brilliant for him after he had a, a challenging period in his career and he's really settled down mm-hmm. off the field, which yep. is – Outstanding for him. Nathan Cosmina, not too far away. We have a nomination. It's actually Port Adelaide and Collingwood related for Pull Up Your Socks, and we will do it next. It's a quarter to eight. Good morning. And Jared Walsh, tyre power. Big brands, better buy sale on now. 25% off selected Falcon passenger and SUV tyres. Been a big show today, two minutes past eight. Our number is one three hundred seven three six seven three six. We've got a text line as well, Bix. You're smiling about something, so what have you got that's tickled you? Oh, well, there's a couple of good texts that have come in. First one doesn't have a name on it, but says Shaq is the reason Bix has a gambling problem. No, no, no. I'm betting in... <laughs> you really do. You've spoken about gambling a well, lot this look, week. I have a dollar here and a dollar there. Responsibly. Yes. Well... well you, you win some, you lose more. Uh, that's generally the way it goes with me. Uh, and then this one here, Josh from Aldenga, who is a regular, says a bit of bix there about uh, Penny just sliding his accolades in. So, look, it'd be similar to me saying to Andrew McLeod, you know, in some sort of, look, I couldn't have won uh, the two premierships, couldn't have captain there, couldn't have done all of that without you, Andy, and also you, Malcolm, but, you know, just slipping in there your own stuff. That's why I just didn't need to do that. Just had to say, Shaq, you made me better. And I couldn't have done it without you. You didn't have to say all the things that you did. We had a Zoom call on Monday just to talk about the show this week. And I was lying on the couch watching Usher in the 
halftime performance of the Super Bowl and yeah. you were at Westlake's. Coincidentally, what you can do if you haven't been on Zoom or Teams before is you can blur your background, which I did, or you can have a custom background or you can just have the background of what you're sitting I, in front of. I just of. sat in front of, I sat at the table and just, I, I'm not into all that sort of blur. No, not at all. Or putting the palm, you wouldn't know how to do it. The palm trees in or whatever. No. no. Exactly. No idea. But your background was literally you holding up the premiership card. <laughs> That's the well, first was, thing we it saw. It was a coincidence. I, I just sat at a table and that just, that photo happened to be in the background. One of the things Can't I did notice towards the end of last year when we got together everybody who supported us at SENSA. We had this lovely event um, at Adelaide Oval and it was supposed to be pouring with rain, I think. So we moved it inside and Malcolm Blight was uh, going to say a few words. He was asked by our team to say a few words. And I was watching you. The respect and admiration you still have for Malcolm Blight Mm. is it's actually amazing to watch because Blighty spoke for a while. Yep. just to see everybody just standing back in awe of what he had to say. There's a presence about Malcolm Byte that it has to be seen to be believed, right? No doubt. He, he has an absolute presence and, and he's, um, he's a unique individual. He, yes. That's what makes him who he is. He's, he was supremely talented in everything that he does. Even, even his ability to, to cross over into the media. He was probably the, uh, you know, the best special comments guy going around. He sort of brought mm. that new sort of intellect into that position when he, when he, uh, you know, came onto the TV screens and channel 10. That's when he said the word toss, I think. The rat's toss bag. Yeah, did that. <laughs> Steve Quartermain. Quartermain was standing and going, what just happened? Yeah. They did some work with, you know, him and Bruce were great mates and they, they, uh, you know, so they did Whatever he puts his hand to, he generally ha- has a lot of success with. And so, yeah, you'd be you'd be crazy if you get the opportunity to spend time with someone like that, not to soak up all that. I was intimidated. Knowledge. I was worried that he was going to call me a... Suki, suki, la, la. <laughs> but he didn't, and that is okay. I was just waiting for that moment. Um, before we get into our Brecky Brownlow, you're going to be very happy with this, Mark Bickley, because in the Champions League... Paris Saint-Germain have scored. Yes. Met by Marquinhos. He's just alive. He's alert. Look at him at the back post area. His movement is superb. So they've scored two goals. Uh, Bradley Barcola scored in the 70th. And Kylian Mbappe scored in the uh, 58th. So they're leading 2-0 at the moment. Tell you what, this is is going well for me. It's a bit like the, uh, the NBA playoffs last year. Jumped on the back of... The Joker got it done. What's his name? Nikola Jokic. <laughs> you were close. You were close. Um, our Brecky Brown, though, as we talk about some of the highlights of the week and some of the lowlights of the week, it, the week started really poorly because we didn't know how to work the buttons here in Studio Lumo, but we've 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 got past that. We've we've moved through that. Yeah. Um, now I want to start um, with your good self because. Uh, you're going to try your hand at commentating again. There's the. This is tomorrow night. I think so. Yeah, I think at, it's tomorrow at Alberton. There's an internal trial. You and uh, the great Daniel Norton. Now you were talking about your last go at uh, commentating footy. Let's have a listen. Water. Last year, instead of saying he kicked it on the left boot, I tried to say he kicked it on the left foot, and I ended up saying he kicked it on the left fruit. Ah uh, well. Well, it is the pair. That's, 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 that's a starting point. Kind of worked in really well. I found out that we've got a nectarine tree at my house. Really? Yeah. Yeah, that's frustrating. They'll fruit for about 
three weeks and they'll get eaten by the birds and then the but rest of the time. The figs, I know, it's crazy. <laughs> um, it, it had been a while since we've been here at Studio Lumo and literally we sit down, we get about half an hour into the show and the moth was flying around. You saw that squad in the T Twenty squad that played in Adelaide the other night. Oh, a moth just flew out of your wallet then, by the looks of it, in Studio Lumo. That's amazing. That's incredible. So, so just on that, that that sort of uh, joke there will be go the way of that'll be extinct now because we don't open our wallets up and take cash out anymore. You've we're, never done that. <laughs> no, but even less now. It's a cashless society. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't it funny how the things change? That, that, that joke's dead now. We won't be able to say that anymore. All right. Sorry for bringing it up. No, no, no. It was interesting. But the moth had been waiting here. Maybe it flew out last year. Did no. you hear um, Did you hear Dwayne Russell yesterday? He was trying to talk about some of the Crows players. And, um, well, he got a, a Crows player and a Hawthorne Premiership player mixed up. You know, how good are some of their midfielders when you look at, you know, Showing Makers and Co? <laughs> Showing Makers and Co. He's midfielder for the Cronus now. Uh, Harry Schomburg, I think. It's, it's an easy mistake to make. I'm not going to have a crack at blokes for getting names wrong, for goodness sake. That's true. Let's have a crack at Travis Kelsey singing Viva Las Vegas. <laughs> We've been fighting for all right all day. How about a little Viva Las Vegas? Viva Las Vegas? Viva! Viva Las Vegas! <laughs> easy to see you got the, the singing... Uh, ability in their their relationship. Oh, I know. Imagine him and Taylor doing a duet together. I think that'd be good. They should sing Viva Las Vegas. And I don't care how good a singer she is, she couldn't cover that up. I don't think so. You enjoyed the Super Bowl. Uh, you, quickly, in a word, your thoughts on the halftime performance from Usher? What did you think? Well, this is the thing. I didn't see the full performance because unlike your good self, who was consuming it while we were having a Zoom meeting, mm. I was fully focused on the meeting. So I missed most of it. So all I saw was the highlights on the news and him taking his shirt off. Not bad. He was outstanding. And like Ludacris was there and Little John. What are your thoughts on Little John? You prefer Big John. I prefer Robin Hood. <laughs> or Fry Tuck. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good start to the week, isn't it? There's your Brecky oh, Brown load. There's hip and happening people that you know that I don't. Hip and happening. <laughs> Nathan Cosmeda joining us next. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Tire Power. Big brands better buy sale on now. 25% off selected Falcon passenger and SUV tyres. 11 minutes to 8 on SENSA Breakfast, our first Brecky Brownlow. Only a few minutes away. There's been some errors. Lots of errors. Mm. But this is what we're all about. It's kind of like our pre-season. We've got a couple of weeks just to make sure the chemistry is good. We've um, got everything worked out fitness-wise. It's radio fitness, isn't it, Bix? Yeah, a bit of an internal trial. Yep. So we'll do that um, just after 8 o'clock this morning, and then we are going to be joined by Nathan Cosmina from Adelaide United. Um, if you have just tuned in, whether you're listening on 1629 or on the app or streaming, um, the really troubling news coming out of the championship Super Bowl parade for the Kansas City Chiefs is there has been a shooting over in America where um, a couple of men, armed men, have opened fire. And uh, the news is slowly, slowly coming through and being updated. We'll keep you updated across the afternoon. Um, but Bix, you had some more information? Yeah, it looks like one 
person um, has passed away and there's nine others that have been injured. There's just some amazing footage that's uh, out and about on social media. There's one piece of footage where one of the gunmen was running through the crowd with a gun and he was tackled by two men, if you can believe that. That's um, hugely heroic from those. So they took him down and then another third person came in, a young lady, and, and took the gun out of his hand. So quite dramatic pictures that are uh, being sort of taken you know, not that long ago that uh, from, from bystanders at uh, some heroic actions from some of the, the public. We had a text earlier from Con uh, Costa, sorry, 0427154166, talking about the long-term contract for Todd Marshall. Daniel says, I just spoke to Corn. People like calling Kane Corns mm. Corn. He said, Port's decision to give long-term contracts to Rosie and Marshall are elite, and he can't be happier. Mm. Well, look, That was always going to happen. I don't have any problem with long-term contracts to Connor Rosie and Todd Marshall when you're <clears throat> when you're 24 years of age. Connor Rosie just turned, and Todd Marshall's probably 25 or 26. You're like you're about to enter the best years of your life. Like, it, there's always you know the argument around injury. What if you sustain a, a big injury? But right now, that's the going rate. Like clubs are all clubs are offering them. So if you want to keep your people, you have to do the same. Connor Rosie's had a big couple of months. Captain, engaged, mm. has a baby on the way, new house. Not bad. He's going all right. Good, He's definitely going all right. Port Augusta boy. Let's be positive. Let's be negative. Let's mix it up a bit. Trying to do pull up your socks. At least do something. Do. Don't think. Think. Don't hope. Do. At least you can come off and say, I did this. Or I shivered it. Or I played on. At least I did something. Pull up your socks on SENSA Breakfast. Uh, I'm trying to be positive to start off this year, Mark Bickley, but something came across my desk last night. Really? Yeah. <laughs> the way you're looking at me, is it something about me? No. Oh. Surprisingly, Ooh, it's I not. Just, I just had a... I don't know. I was worried that I've done something, but no. Good. Tell me, let's rip into someone. Okay, so to give you a bit of a sneak peek of what we're talking about, what we'd love you to do is follow us on the socials at 1629SENSA. You can follow us on Instagram. You will see a photo on both platforms. Yep. The photo I saw last night just before I went to sleep. Mm -hmm. And we know that so many businesses are going through really challenging economic times at the moment. We spoke this morning about Big Shed. Yep. In Royal Park, that yep, uh, the administrators have stepped in. We spoke about the Ed Castle, which has had to close its doors again, and Enzo's is closing its doors. You know, they're transitioning into a different area of business. Mm -hmm. But the commercial dollar is so important nowadays. And when you mix together the commercial dollar and a sports team, this could keep a sporting team afloat yes. for a very long period of time. You now look at the NBL when some of the big teams in the National Basketball League come to Adelaide. They play at the Adelaide Entertainment Centre and they don't have a front of shirt sponsor. I mean, this is disappointing. Mm. Front of shirt sponsor is everything. You go back to the Port Adelaide days of my ATM. This was who wants to throw some money at us? And now they've got MG on the front. They're very happy with that. The affiliation Adelaide's had with Toyota from day one, mm -hmm. Geelong and Ford. Collingwood's a club which you would thought never would have a problem attracting sponsors. They're knocking down their door. They had the Holden Prem Centre. Premiers? The Lexus Centre. I think it's the AIA Centre now or whatever it's called. Yeah. 
sponsorship isn't an issue from the Collingwood Football Club. They could probably turn away sponsors if they wanted to. They've got too much money. Where's this going? Land the plane. I discovered last night Collingwood have attracted a new partner, and the partner is MA Services Group. MA Services Group has now formed an allegiance with the Collingwood Football Club. And what do you normally do when you announce a new partnership? So, for example, at Port's Family Day, they had a teal MG on the surface at Alberton. Okay, yep. So you have a press conference or something, you announce it to the world? MA Services Group provides security, good for the Collingwood fans, cleaning and facility services. They're industry professionals with retail facilities management, blah, blah, blah. No, they did have the press conference. So, so well done, by the way, because they're supporting footy. Yeah, it's great. First and foremost. It's wonderful. Um, one of the things which really stood out from the press conference okay. in the backdrop. Yes, yes, tell me. The colour of this brand, MA Services Group, is not black. No. Not white. Mm-hmm. It's teal. Oh, my goodness. So Collingwood last night, their media backdrop was black, white, and teal. And I'm kind of thinking... Did they get permission for that? Well... Did anybody ask David Kosh whether they could use the Port Adelaide colours for this press conference? Oh, boy. Are they only allowed to use it at certain press conferences. <laughs> well, to be fair, Jeff Brown, the new chair. Well, he's changed his name to Jeff Teal. <laughs> oh, <laughs> unbelievable. No, in more recent times, Jeff Brown, the new chair of Collingwood or president, whatever they use, uh, Craig Kelly, the CEO of Collingwood, I think they've had a pretty amicable or and um, sort of – um, what would you call it? Uh, they easy, just haven't been jerks about easy it. Easygoing chat with Port Adelaide, and and I think they've been a little bit easier to deal with since that new management came in, and they're quite comfortable with Port Adelaide wearing the the prison bars, uh, the black and white guernsey, so to speak, uh, at their home showdown, which they're going to do in round twenty three this year, and ongoing by the sound of it. So, yeah, but there's a touch of irony there, isn't there? A touch of irony. Have a look at our Twitter. At 1629 SENSA, we'll chuck it on Instagram as well, 1629 SENSA, Collingwood are now black, white and teal with their newfound partnership with MA Services Group. Mm. So imagine if they were a... Pull up your socks, Collingwood! (laughs) Imagine if they were a naming sponsor where they were on the Guernsey with a teal splash across the front. That would be interesting, wouldn't it? Yeah. Mm. Anyway, there you go. Um... Just a quick text message from Brett. Brett says, I love that John Kennedy speech. It's so inspiring. That's the one at the start of pull up your socks. Yes. Do something. Don't think. Do. Do. So we started with the kind of negative pull up your socks. I did want to give my nomination for the good stuff, Mark Bickley. Get to the good stuff. 13, 27, 27. You spoke about your love yesterday of Shaquille O'Neal. He's a star. And his path to the NBA Hall of Fame continues to gather momentum. Um, He has now become only the second NBA player to have his jersey retired by three different franchises. So the Orlando Magic officially retired his number 32 in a post-game ceremony yesterday, the first player in franchise history to have his number retired. This is Penny Hardaway paying tribute. You made me great watching you become great. 
There's no way I make a first team All NBA. There's no way I make an All Star team. There's no way I want to go medal in '96 with you without you being there to help thrust me and keep driving me to the next level. So I, I owe my entire career to having you in my life, bro, just to see it. The big Shaq. We love him, Mark Bickley. Dude, Some... I love that too. What about Penny? Was Penny having a humble brag there? No, nah, Penny's good. Penny was elite in his Penny days. Penny was well. saying, oh, there's no way I'm an all-star player. No way I'm yeah, doing it. Well, it's this... just letting people reminding of all the things that he did. But Shaquille O'Neal, one of the only three players to win an NBA MVP, all-star game MVP and finals MVP in the same year. Ranks seventh all-time in points scored, fifth in field goals because he's so close to the so, basket. So the three that uh, three franchises he's had his uh, jersey retired. So I'm guessing, where did he start? At the... He started at the Magic. Yeah. Um, he went to the Lakers where he won yeah. the championships with, with remember, Kobe. Remember um, that? Yep. Which was big. He went to so many clubs as well, right? So he ended up going to Phoenix for a little bit. He was at Boston for a little bit. But he also won a championship um, at the Miami Heat. Okay. There you go. So yeah. that, that's a good effort. And, uh, and universally like, which isn't always the case. You love him as well. Mm, I do. I, I love him for his off-court stuff. Like I said, his uh, generosity. You know, even even things like when he's doing the, you know, those silly uh, sort of betting adverts. Yes. You know, he's 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 like an Australian. He doesn't mind taking the uh, the P one fifty five out of himself, which I, I think's a an a, a admirable trait. Eight o'clock on SENSA. Our Bricky Brownlow next, followed by Nathan Cosmina from Adelaide United. <laughs> Breakfast with Mark Bigley and Jared Walsh. Tire Power. Big brands, better buy sale on now. 25% off selected Falcon passenger and SUV tires. Quarter past eight on SENSA Breakfast. Adelaide United have a big match coming up this weekend facing Sydney FC, which um, games are now becoming must-win games before a doubleheader at home against the Western Sydney Wanderers. Um, a lot of home games coming up. We're looking forward to the 9th of March where the Pride match will be played between Adelaide United and Melbourne Victory. It's been a really big month of January and we thought we would get the CEO, Nathan Cosmina on the line to tell us more. Good morning to you, Nathan. Um, as we mentioned, it's a big month coming up for the club. Morning, guys. Yeah, it is. There's, um, <clears throat> we, we've um, just had a, just gone through a big month, and now um, on the field we need to uh, start getting results, as you alluded to, Jared. So uh, the women have had a couple of good ones now. That the men have, um, they probably should have had a win last week, and there's, there's a few should have over the last month on the field. But hopefully, we've turned a bit of a corner. Fully stocked at the moment. I think almost all of our players are back from injury, so uh, there's really no excuses to, to bank a few wins uh, through the back end of Feb. Before we kind of drill down on uh, where the club's at at the moment, I wanted you to say a, a couple of words on Joe Gauci, um, Alexander Popovich. I mean, it's been outstanding to farewell some really deserving players to get their opportunities overseas, and it, it's allowed us to bring back some players, but to... It's quite surreal to have a look on social media yesterday and see a photo of Joe Gauci wearing the colours of Aston Villa. Yeah, the two two um, two two bigger ticket moves in, in uh, the window were obviously Joe and Popper and then and Stephen Hall. You know, say say bigger ticket. Stephen Hall also went to a Premier League club um, in Brighton, um, but it's no coincidence that uh, Popper and um, and Joe have been uh, with us for a long time and have, have worked really hard. They're probably two of the hardest working. 
players in the squad, and it's it's sort of testament to the fact that the talent will get you you so far, but the commitment those guys to their craft is um, second to none. And uh, it was uh, <clears throat> look, I won't say both of them. We're, we're not in a bit of angst, obviously, around the movement of players. But the reality is that um, this is the world we live in. We weren't proactively trying to to move anyone on in January, but this is what happens. You have Aston Villa come knocking, and for Popper, it was a really good opportunity. He was keen to go and, um, you know, all of a sudden um, you've got two boys um, making moves in, in England and, and Korea. So, uh, yeah, really good for those two. Um, Joe in particular to go to the Premier League is um, is just rewards for probably three years of hard work, but particularly over the last 12 months since he made his Socceroos debut, which he was kind of on the fringes of at the time. We didn't know whether he'd get picked or not, but I think he's a fully-fledged Socceroo now, which is, again, testament to Joe and, and all the effort he's put in off the field. One of the things that a lot of people don't realise is the depth of the goalkeepers. We we speak about Joe Gauchi and Stephen Hall, but then Ethan Cox makes his way in to be second choice. James Elianidov was um was recruited to be the number one keeper anyway. So it's a, a blessing in disguise, really. There's just so much talent that Eugene Galakovic has to work with. Yeah, we knew on the keeper front, we, we've been planning for Joe's departure for, for probably 18 months, if if we're honest. Um, not proactively, but we needed to make sure that we had backups in place because uh, we knew we'd go eventually. Um, and, and, and the beauty of that is, is we had James, who, who was the number one, um, dislocated his, his shoulder a couple of years ago. Joe got his chance and then, and then never looked back. So and then young Coxie waiting in the wings, also an underage national team keeper. As you say, Eugene's um, blessed with options. So... We've always had depth in, in the keepers, and the last um, little period's been no different. So we're quite comfortable, albeit we've lost um, arguably the best keeper in the country. We've got, uh, you know, in James and Ethan, we've got we've got um, good understudies ready to step in. Um, Nathan, we've had a number of text messages from fans that are a little bit um, upset or disgruntled in the fact that it looks like, and, and this is just in sort of more recent times, that the the development and selling off of the players is is potentially the new model for the club to to, uh, to sustain itself and and that may come at the cost of trying to to chase championships. What would you say to those loyal fans that have been with the club and are, are frustrated because they see young talent develop but but leave before they see the real fruits of their labour? Yeah, well, it's not the, the strategy is not to to sell players and make money. Our strategy is to produce good players and, and some of them will go overseas. Quite a few of them will likely end up being decade-long Adelaide United players. But but the reality is, as I said before, is when you operate in a in a global market, you produce good players. Um, players want to achieve more and they want to move on to bigger and better things and also clubs are going to come, come knocking. So with, with the movements in this window, we weren't proactively... Um, we don't shop anyone around. We're not out there trying, trying to move on players, you know, knocking on doors of Premier League clubs. So never look at this bio. Um, it's almost in every instance, I think, of a player that's moved here in the last couple of years, there's been clubs coming to us saying, look, we want this guy. He's really good. So um, <clears throat> it's the the the, the reality of, of, of world football, and, and we need to balance that. So we can't be, you know, offloading half a squad and then... And then um, compromising our A League aspirations because that's ultimately why we exist is is to be successful in the A League. So um, and there's going to be times where <clears throat> where more players go out and 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 there's going to be also times where we recruit more heavily. This off season is probably going to be one where we transition a little bit. We bring a lot of players in, so the balance will always be there. But I understand the frustration of 
of fans that uh, that uh, you know sort of your heroes and Joe in particular as a as a um, local boy, well known in local clubs, you know that one day he's here, the next he's gone. But um, that's just something we need to be able to manage. Um, from a squad perspective. You must be pretty impressed, though, to see that the local players are uh, having an impact. We see Giuseppe Bovolino getting consistent starts. Um, Patagiannis Kikiata scoring his, his first goal in um, his only second start at home for Adelaide United. So the, the depth of South Australian footballers um, is really impressive. Yeah, and that's what we always spoke. And, and, and the reality is there's only 11 spots on the field. And you sort of get some that will want us to have 11 marquees and you want others that we don't promote enough young South Australian talent. You know, it's getting the balance right, which is which is the tough part. And then even Papa leaving, Hannah has been doing really well. He's, he had an injury in the off-season, but the last couple of months, speaking to the coaches, like he's, he's fitting around to go and Carl, true to his word, uh, said, no, you know what, I'm going to give him a crack. So throw him in there, see how he goes. You know, now he's got two games under his belt. Um, that'll be the same with others. We'll, we'll give them opportunities and, and, and they'll become, um, hopefully, you know, fully fledged professionals. And that's where I think we've been successful in producing players because we give them the opportunity at a younger age. They're not, they're not playing in, in uh, the NPL or sitting on the bench. They're, they're getting um, A-League minutes. You know, Johnny Yell is an example. Nesta has been playing since oh, 15. Mm. You know, they've got 50, 50-odd games under his belt. Nesta has only just turned 18. So um, <laughs> that's our, that is our model. You know that, that we will give young kids a chance, um, but as I said, we, it's, it's incumbent on us to get that balance right and make sure we're not playing a squad of under twenties. We've got to have the likes of Isis, Harvey Lopez, Hiroshi, Halloran, more kiddo. You know those sort of senior boys. You know, they have a couple of hundred games under the belt. We need them to mentor them, and um, we think we've got the balance right. We just haven't been able to get the results in, in recent times. Nathan Cosmeta joining us on SENSA Breakfast. We appreciate your time. Breakfast with Mark Bigley and Jared Walsh. Tire Power. Big brands better buy sale on now. 25% off selected Falcon passenger and SUV tires. 28 minutes past eight on SENSA Breakfast. Been a really big show. We caught up with Sam Edmund. Uh, Nathan Cosmini would have just heard from Adelaide United. And Captain's Call, plenty more. You can always listen on the podcast. Uh, a bit of breaking news for you, Mark Bickley coming out of Melbourne that Michael Voss has recommitted to Carlton for a couple of years alongside Brian Cook and Prime Minister Anthony Albanese is getting married. Getting married? Getting married, she said yes. Getting married in the lodge, that hasn't happened very often. Tell you what though, so by by the looks of this, he's proposed on Valentine's Day. Come on, mate. Predictable. Come on, mate. (laughs) (sighs) Uh, It's been a big week. It has. um, First one down. Can you believe it? It goes like that. Yeah, time flies when you're contracted to spend the morning with someone. <laughs> what do you got on for the weekend, mate? Ah, uh, just enjoying the weather. It's going to be sort of low 30s, so looking forward to that. And yeah. uh, footy's not far away. So I'm going to Port Lincoln tomorrow to watch the Crows play and be involved down there. So looking forward to... Didn't uh, you have um, something on which means you couldn't come to my birthday party on the weekend? Or did yeah. you just make that no, up? No, no, no. I've got a 50th birthday party. What's their name? Uh, Brett. You just made that up. No, Brett Jared. Good on you, Brett. Brett Jared? Yeah. There you go. All right. Have a good one. We'll catch you on Tuesday.